welcome back to another episode of the Love Your Bod Pod. I'm your host. I'm Kara Corinne I'm a certified health coach, and I help people heal their relationships with food and their body. And today on the podcast, I want to talk about recovery, the recovery process. One, so that if you're thinking about getting into it, you know what to expect, and hopefully I can provide some words of encouragement and words of wisdom around it. And for those of you that are already in the recovery process and it's challenging and it's difficult, and maybe you're thinking you're never going to get better or that you're going to be like this forever or that you're thinking about giving up and going back. Now, before we dive in, I just wanted to read a recent podcast episode, podcast review. I love, love, love getting reviews from you guys. If you are a fan of the podcast, It would mean so much to me if you guys would think about leaving a review on iTunes. This one is from Ali91B. It says, I love Kara and her insights. This podcast is amazing and always leaves me with something to think on and talk further about with my friends and husband. I love Kara and her ideas. I also recommend buying her cookbook. We use a recipe or two of Kara's every week, seriously every week. Also follow her on Insta and use her blog to help. So thank you, Allie91B, for that review. I love, love hearing that this podcast gives you things to think on and talk over. That's so great that it's sparking conversations. And I love knowing that you love the cookbook and that you're eating yummy food from my recipes. That's so cool. So thank you, Allie, for the review and for all of you that have left reviews in the past or those of you who are thinking about it thank you thank you now i feel like i have not sat down to talk with you guys one-on-one for a really long time the other day i was missing i was like missing this you know like when a podcast episode is just you and me chatting about what needs to be chatted about This has always been one of my favorite things about the potty pod and I hadn't done a solo episode since April 15th so it really has been a minute it is July 17th so it's been a few months now like I had said today's podcast is all about the recovery process I've wanted to talk about this for a while but there was something telling me to wait to get to this topic And I'm not exactly sure what it was, but it was just sort of like a gut feeling or an intuitive little pang. And I'm glad I waited because I feel like I have new insights and perspectives on the recovery process. I feel like new insights and perspectives on the recovery journey have come through. And I feel like it's time that I share with you what you can expect, answer some questions that were sent in by you guys on Instagram, And basically just let you know (laughs) that recovery is messy. So you may or may not have heard me say this before, but recovery is not a straight line. It's a motherfucking scribble. I'm going to say that again. Recovery is not a straight line. It's a motherfucking scribble. This is like... um, one of my like most quoted quotes like when people are quoting me that's one of the ones that they choose and it's true it's it's so true it is such a scribble i think it is somewhat natural to assume that recovery is going to be a straight line trajectory into feeling healed when it is literally the opposite 
In some instances, recovery is just as messy as the disorder, as the struggle. Sometimes it's even messier. I think this goes for recovery from literally literally any type of issue, whether it's like alcohol addiction, drug addiction, trauma, sexual abuse. It's not easy to pull up to the surface everything that is underneath driving your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. You know, whenever someone is struggling with an eating disorder, the eating disorder is the manifestation of something underneath. It's what we're seeing on the surface. It's not in and of itself the problem. It's the representation and the manifestation of the real problems. And it's not easy to look at the darkness, the shadows, the pain, the trauma, the fear, the heartache, the guilt, the shame, and work through it so you can transmute it. It's why we so often put it off for so long or forever for some of us. Sometimes we know there is a lot underneath. Sometimes we are so afraid to look at it. We are so afraid we can't handle it. We are afraid we won't stop crying or we won't be able to get through it. So we just avoid it. Whatever it is, it varies for all of us, for each person. And when I talk about my experience with ayahuasca to other people, for those of you that are new to the pod, I've, I've sat with ayahuasca before. It's a plant medicine. I've sat in ceremony in Peru. And I talk about it with people or they ask me about it. And I often hear them say something like, I am afraid to do it because of what it will bring up. So have you ever said something similar to yourself? Like I'm afraid of stepping into recovery or I'm afraid of really letting myself feel what needs to be felt or cry or look at what needs to be looked at. Have you ever thought that or felt that or said that? You know, whether it's to a plant medicine or any type of healing work. Have you ever been afraid of like actually really looking underneath the hood? I believe that if you've already said or thought something like that, like I am afraid to do it because of what it will bring up, that's you already saying, you know, there is a lot underneath. You wouldn't say that or work so hard to avoid it if you didn't already consciously or subconsciously know that there is a lot you are avoiding avoiding dealing with, avoiding looking at. One of the things I've learned from acceptance and commitment therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy was created by Dr. Stephen Hayes. He's one of my favorite, favorite psychologists and authors. I've learned so much from him and he greatly influences my work. One of the things I've learned from ACT, that's the acronym, acceptance and commitment therapy, is that experiential avoidance does not work. Whenever we are having an intense, unwanted internal experience, like feelings of shame, guilt, grief, fear, anxiety, and we are unwilling to deal with the root cause of that experience, we turn to coping mechanisms to avoid it, like our eating disorders or disordered eating or dieting. And you and I know just how effective an eating disorder is. In the short term, it's often effective. It can help, right? In the short term, our eating disorders and our eating disorder behaviors, disordered eating behaviors, they help us avoid whatever it is we want to avoid. They help us feel like we are in control of what we want to control. They are totally short-term 
they're coping mechanisms and they are effective in the short term right if you're stressed anxious sad you know we can binge eat on food to numb or avoid or if we're afraid of rejection and fear of judgment from others we can restrict and over exercise to try to avoid feeling rejection or the fear of judgment right we try to control our body so that we can control people's judgments of us stepping into recovery means no longer avoiding what you were trying to avoid through your eating disorder or through dieting or whatever we have to be willing to address the, uh, the blah blah we have to be willing to address the feelings we try to diet away we try to diet away these unwanted internal experiences we try to diet away these feelings that we don't like feeling meaning we must be with the intense internal experiences that we that make us starve ourselves or that lead to binging and purging or over exercising or restricting or dieting we must be willing to be with those internal experiences instead of trying to avoid them through the disordered eating behaviors that's intense in order for us to heal whatever it is that needs to be healed so we stop turning to the eating disorder behaviors we have to hold it first meaning we have to be with those intense internal experiences and get underneath them and understand why they're there you can't let go what you first don't hold meaning you cannot just bypass through recovery As Marilyn Ferguson says, you have to break down before you can break through. You must work through it. And it's not always easy. So if you're in the middle of the recovery process, I hope this brings you some comfort, knowing that if you're having a really hard time, that it's just part of it. It's just kind of what it looks like. And it's nothing to be afraid of, that it's, it's just what's necessary. You must work through it. And again, you can't let go what you first don't hold. And so we have to hold what we've been trying to diet away or we've been trying to numb and avoid through our disordered eating behaviors and our eating disorder behaviors. Recovery from anything is very much like an ayahuasca ceremony. There's an arc to recovery, just like there is an arc to a ceremony. Based on my experience with ayahuasca, the medicine shows you what is already there. It doesn't necessarily show you new things. It just shows you what's already there, but perhaps you've been suppressing or avoiding. And it shows you so that you can hold it. You can be with it. You can look at it and then release it. It brings up all of the darkness that you've suppressed and avoided up to the surface so that you can love it into wholeness. And it's messy and it's painful as fuck. This is the purging process, the purging part. It's uncomfortable, but it's necessary. And in a ceremony, purging is not just throwing up into buckets, although it certainly can take that form, but it is also tears and screams and yawning and body shaking, trembling, or even pooping can be a form of purging. And what I have learned is that the purging does not happen until you are ready and willing to hold the darkness. And then once you hold it, you can love it into wholeness and then you're able to release it. Now recovery from an eating disorder is like an ayahuasca ceremony. There is this intense, painful middle part that is so messy, but you must go through it to get to the other side. 
We cannot avoid or bypass the messy middle. Imagine you are cleaning a fish tank. You must shake up the first, you must shake up the fish tank to get all of the gunk that's stuck at the bottom to release so that you can clean the water. But after you shake up the fish tank, the water is going to look gross. It's going to look even dirtier. But this is part of the cleaning process. Only after the gunk from the bottom starts to come up to the surface are we able to remove and clean it. Think of a butterfly. A lot of us act like a caterpillar walks into a cocoon, slaps on some wings, and then comes out looking like a butterfly. When really the caterpillar dissolves into a disgusting pile of goo, then it rebuilds and becomes a butterfly. So my whole point of this is to remind you that recovery is not easy. It's often a series of falling down and getting back up. When we are in the recovery process, so many of us are so quick to judge ourselves for any relapses or any setbacks, or rather what we perceive as setbacks, I should say. We think we're faltering, that things are not working, that we are failing, that we are always going to be like this, that we're never going to get better, when really every relapse or perceived setback is an opportunity for you to learn more about yourself, learn what works and what doesn't. Learn what triggers you. Every experience that we are so quick to judge as being negative is really an opportunity for us to collect data to take with us moving forward. So like for example, let's say you went a few months without a binge and then you had a binge episode. Our first thought is to judge ourselves, feel ashamed, feel like we are not going to get better, we never are gonna get better, right? We beat ourselves up over it, we feel guilt and shame and we think we're going backwards. But instead, ask yourself how and why this happened. What led to it? What thoughts, beliefs, conversations, what experiences did you have that triggered the binge? Collect data, get curious. It happened for you, not to you, so that in the future you are more equipped to handle these types of situations. The recovery process is falling down seven times and getting up eight and learning from every time you fell down moving forward. It's really important to remember that the breakdowns always happen before the breakthroughs. It's this, it reminds me of this quote by Shannon Adler. You will face your greatest opposition when you are closest to your greatest miracle. The breakdowns happen before the breakthroughs. Remember that when things get tough. Recovery takes real work, but it's worth it. I have yet to meet someone who has recovered from an eating disorder and said they regretted it. Literally. I don't know a single person who's recovered who's upset about it. Even if that means they gained weight, they might have moments where they miss their disordered body, but I have yet to meet someone who misses the disordered life. And recovery is about gaining your life back. And I know that gaining weight in recovery is often the biggest fear people have. It's often what keeps people from stepping into it, or it might be the most challenging part of the recovery process is watching their body change. And that makes sense. Our eating disorder was so much about controlling our body and not having it change. And then the recovery process is the opposite. It's like, we might have to watch our body change. And the amount that your body changes 
is it varies it depends it's completely individual you know so in my recovery process I gained weight but it wasn't massive right um it depends on where you are in relation to your set point how much weight you're going to gain in recovery some people even lose weight in recovery because it depends on where they were in the binge restrict cycle right so we have no idea what's going to happen to your weight in recovery and we can't let that stop us from stepping into recovery right trying to control our weight and control our body is what got us into our into this mess and so recovery is relinquishing that control and what i will say is that in my experience the fear of weight gain and the fear of what is going to happen if we gain weight is always 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 way worse than the reality of it Michael D. Montaigne says, my life has been full of terrible misfortunes, most of which never happened. So often we have this idea in our brain that if we step into recovery, we're going to gain a million pounds and all hell's going to break loose, that our life is going to crumble into shambles. And often what ends up happening is we're a lot happier. We gain our life back. I do want to touch on one thing, though, with with this fear of waking. While there are many things that can lead us into eating disorders like trauma or adverse childhood experiences, diet culture and fat phobia play a huge role. They massively contribute to dieting, disordered eating, and eating disorders. I often think the perfect recipe for full-blown eating disorders or diagnosable eating disorders is the combination of trauma plus diet culture, trauma plus fat phobia. I think that disordered eating and dieting might be the result of diet culture, fat phobia, and like lowercase t trauma, right? No, there's no absolutes here. There's, it's many shades of gray. Everybody has unique experiences. But I believe that educating yourself on diet culture, fat phobia, and the beauty myth, which, it, which are the three most common dominant narratives in our society that contribute to the development of disordered eating and eating disorders they contribute to women hating their bodies and trying to control their weight i think understanding how the way our bodies are being treated in society in media in our interpersonal and intrapersonal relationships we want to understand that it's not personal but rather it's political when you pull back the lens we can see that none of us want to lose weight or control our weight or hit our bodies in a vacuum, but rather it's a part of this larger cultural conversation about women's worth and our bodies, and it's a control mechanism. So when we have this larger understanding, this this understanding of these dominant narratives, it very much contributes to a change in perspective on our body and our worth. And changing your perspective on your body is what changes your body image. It's not changing what your body looks like. It's changing the way you look at your body. So that type of education is crucial in being more at peace with weight gain or with your body changing. What I will say here, though, is that you have to want recovery more than you want thinness. Recovery over thinness. Recovery over thinness. You have to remind yourself about the life you are going to gain, not just the weight you might gain. Recovery is about getting your life back. It's about gaining your life, not gaining weight. And you have to remind yourself of that, that often gaining weight means I gain my life, 
back. You have to be willing to work through all of the fear, limiting beliefs, and stories about yourself and your worth. You have to grant your body a truce. You just have to grant it a truce during this process. And you have to reprogram yourself into believing that your body is not what dictates dictates your life. We're taught that as women, that our weight dictates our life, our social life, our career, our futures. And that's why we work so hard to try to control it, right? And so we have to reprogram ourselves into believing that it's not the answer, that having the perfect body doesn't mean having the perfect life. We have to reprogram because our culture programs us into believing that. And one of the most helpful tools for this is to find a problem bigger than the size of your body. I truly believe that one of the best ways to get out of recovery or to get out of depression or to get out of victimhood is to find a way to be of service to other people or to a greater cause. Find a way to give back. Find something outside of food and thinness that you give a damn about. Find a larger reason why you want recovery and let that be your north star pulling you forward when the going gets tough because the going is going to get tough. Recovery is messy. And you have to find something else to channel your energy into. Something else to focus on. I believe that getting connected to your power source, your power center, really getting clear about the change you want to see in the world and what it is you want to create with your life, meaning like the vision you have for yourself and the future, can pull us forward. This was a huge part of my personal journey is I just got really clear about the life that I wanted and how my eating disorder was stopping me from having that. I think getting really clear about our cost of inaction around our eating disorders is really, really powerful and often enough to pull us forward into taking action. So overall, with this podcast, what I hope you're taking away is that recovery is difficult. If you're in the middle of it, know that and that it's okay. The breakdowns happen before the breakthroughs. We all have to go through the messy middle and it makes us stronger and more resilient on the other side. I learned a lot from my eating disorder and I learned a hell of a lot in the recovery process. My recovery process was three years. So keep that in mind if you're in it right now. It's not a quick fix, right? It takes time, it takes work, it takes attention. Often it could get worse before it gets better know that there is an arc to the recovery process it's not a straight line remember it is a messy scribble and there's always this part in the middle that's really difficult but keep going remember that often the fear of weight gain the fear itself is way worse than the reality of it so don't let the fear stop you move through it recovery over thinness and then find a way to be of service to your community, to a cause. Find something outside of yourself, outside of your body, outside of food that you're really passionate about. Perhaps it's something out in the world that makes you so angry, right? That it's like 
an injustice, maybe it's a social justice issue, and throw yourself into being the change you wish to see in the world. I really truly believe that getting clear about the vision that we have for ourselves and our life can be something so necessary. And then the last thing is to really educate yourself about diet culture, fat phobia, and the beauty myth. Really understanding these lies that we're told in society can really help us commit to the path of recovery and choose it. So I hope you guys got a lot out of this episode. Again, if you liked it, please let me know. Share it in your Instagram stories. Leave a ratings and review on iTunes. If you have any follow-up questions, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram. And if you're interested in learning about coaching, you can go to kitchen.net, care with a C, kitchen with the K, and you can learn more about coaching and read testimonials. I'd love to support you through this process. Thank you guys for listening. I love you all. I hope you're well, and I'll see you soon on the Love Your Bod Pod. Thanks for listening. Bye.